please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Hi, this is Greg McIntyre at McIntyre Elder Law. This is the Elder Law Report, and this is our weekly show where we talk about things that matter to your life in relation to estate planning, elder law. That could be taxation. That could be not planning. Failure to plan is a you know a plan to fail, right? That's right. Or or it could be things that help you uh, maximize your ability to have long term care benefits. This is our show and our information and our educational content to you for free that we do every single week and more. And that's what we want to talk about today. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. I love that saying, and there are no truer words. The person that has the most knowledge about a subject generally has the most power. And, uh, you know, we were talking about and thinking about this morning, not only just the CLEs, the continuing legal education that we have to take that keeps us sharp, But really, the things that keep us the sharpest are writing books, researching articles, being a member of elder council, um, a national group of elder law attorneys that we're extremely proud to be a part of. And just so you know, the Elder Law Report, I'm Greg McIntyre. I'm here with my partner, Britton Begley. And... We are estate planning and elder law attorneys. We're proud members of elder council. That gives us a ton of resources. You know, other attorneys that we can go back and forth on the listserv and answer questions um, and do research, you know, in their library. So we're constantly doing things to refine and hone our skills. And I know that you out there are doing the same thing. And We want to provide, we want to be your resource when you have a question about estate planning or elder law, we want to be that resource for you. So we thought we would talk about some of the things that we do to stay sharp and some of the things that you can do to stay sharp and make sure you're prepared for anything that comes your way, hopefully, in relation to aging in America. That's right. Aging in North Carolina, where we're attorneys. You have such a minefield out there that's ahead of you. You need to know where the mines are in order to navigate it and end up living the way you want to live, retiring the way you want to retire, being cared for for the rest of your life the way you need, and maintaining your standard of living. And then even above and beyond that, when you get past all those legal, financial, tax hurdles, now it's being rumored that instead of increasing the death and estate tax at a federal level, we might see the abolition of step-up and basis which I think is crazy. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. I think that is absolutely going to blow up estate planning, not only just estate planning, 
But CPAs, I bet, out there are pulling their hair out as well, figuring out how they're going to deal with this if it really happens. And I think there's a lot of pushback, even from original supporters of maybe the administration that's pushing this and saying, wait a second, you know, large corporations cannot pay taxes. Yeah, it's easy for Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, basically, right? Or is a major shareholder in Amazon to say, I want to raise the estate death tax and the rich need to be taxed more. Amazon hadn't paid taxes for years. Right. They make like billions and billions, if not hundreds of billions a year. They don't pay a dime in tax. Right. They get a tax-free break. But then they're going to tell you, as a mom or pop small business, you got to pay all your taxes. And then in the end, after you've navigated your life, you may have saved a little something. Let's say you paid off your house and you want to give it to your kids so they can help send the grandkids to college. We're going to take away the step up in basis, which means they'll have to pay a high capital gains tax on that home, if it were sold, because their basis will be what your basis was. That means if you paid $100,000 for it 30 years ago, and it's now worth 300000 instead of them getting a step up in basis when they get it at your death, say by will, by deed, or by other act of inheritance through a trust, that they're, instead of when they sell it, them having no capital gains, they'd have to pay cap gains on $200,000 on the sale, which can be putative. Other tax ranges are like 45% and up on what they're looking at taxing. On other distribution of stock and other, other assets. Yeah, I mean, it's just punitive. It really has a huge effect on small businesses, too, or, or individuals who've gathered a significant amount of capital assets. Because if you depreciate those assets, too, if you pass away, leave them to your loved ones, sure, you don't get that step up in basis. So you got to be careful when you depreciate. <clears throat> when you the depreciate. So yeah. the thing, the strategies you use to try to play the tax game while you're alive. That's right. And get home with a little bit to feed your family. Right. Keep you know keep a little bit for yourself while you sacrifice a lot for the state and the Fed. Right. Then those strategies can end up hurting your heirs. And here, here's why it's such a big problem, <coughs> and so many people are pulling. I think it's out. unconstitutional. I'm well, just going to throw it out there. Why do I think it's unconstitutional? And I don't mean to interrupt. You go ahead, and then I'm going to tell you why I think it's unconstitutional. I was going to keep my mouth shut in this show, uh-huh. and we were going to talk about education. We're still we're gonna wrap, we're gonna we're gonna get back we're around to education back. and where we can talk about this. Well, I'll, I'll give you a piece of, I'll give and, you a piece and of we're gonna bring in a CPA yeah. for one of our next shows to talk about how this new tax plan, once it goes through, is going to affect each and every one of us. Right. But let me let me give you a piece of education. Okay, so the tax code as someone who studies the tax code extensively, the tax code is principally set up to um, gain revenue, number one, but number two, as a code of incentives 
for people to act the way that the government wants them to act. You can look at it that way. Yeah. So so you can look. I used to. Well, really, it's not. You can look at it that way. That's how they it use is, it. It is. It is that way. Yeah. It should be used that way. Yeah. And, and it's, that's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know. If it can actually help you grow, too. If government wants to promote small businesses, if they want to promote um, home ownership, if they want to pr- promote um, you know, you leaving a legacy to your loved ones, things like that, then they do it through the tax code. That's the principal method by which they promote that type of thing and promote traditional American values of being able to, you know, start a business and be self-sufficient and have your family members benefit from that. And really the step up in basis is all about that. It's all about saying, okay, we recognize that you're here as an American citizen and you want to um, amass wealth, gain assets, and pass that on to the next generation so that they have a start in life, so that they don't get, you know, knocked down um, by the man, right? And so that they don't have the struggles that the previous generation had. And that is that is what the step up in basis represents. And that, I mean, it sounds like such a trivial thing when we're talking about it right here, but that's really what it represents. It's so important. And to think that we would take that away, to say, no, no, no. We don't care about you amassing wealth to leave that to the next generation. We're going to give that next generation the same burden you have. And we're not going to provide an ability to succeed in this country and to fulfill the American dream. And it's easy for, you know, I'm not mad at Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett for amassing a large amount of wealth or Bill Gates. Those are the guys calling for higher taxes. Or avoiding taxes. Those are guys, the guys calling for the higher taxes. Yeah. But I want to make sure people understand they don't pay taxes like we do. No. And Warren Buffett, who holds his stock for generations, basically, for decades and decades, right. he never pays capital gains on it because he yeah. hadn't sold it. He's just living off the dividends. Yeah. And his dividends, he owns so much of it, the dividends make him the wealthiest man on the planet. Right. You know, every every few years, right? Right. So 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 he has a game and a scam essentially where he beats the taxation that would essentially force you know your kids to pay a, a huge tax rate on just the sale of your home or the sale of any stock you gave them or anything like that, right? right. By, by by not allowing that step up in basis, okay, and and that's just not fair, and and you know so. So, you know, you have a lot of people out there that are calling for higher taxes, even wealthy people, super uber wealthy, the wealthiest, you know, the top, it's not the top 1%, it's the top zero 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 like 1%, you right. know, um, they're not set up to pay taxes like we are. And it's not going to hurt them like it hurts you. Um, it hurts the everyday American the most. Right. And especially the next generation. And the reason I throw out there that I believe that it's unconstitutional is because part of what our constitution allows us to do is own property. Right. And to pass along that property ownership, to keep it in the family, to build that wealth over generations, to not have every generation start over and suffer the same. And I think this infringes on those rights of property ownership and the right to freely transfer that property and leave it to whom you want in the way you want, because it takes away, arguably, a large portion of that property. Is that tax constitutional? 
Yeah, that's interesting. So, it, you know, it could be a violation of your Fifth Amendment rights to own property and to have not have that property taken without just compensation or due process. Um, you know, I mean, it could, I mean, could be, you know, that we've benefited from this, you know, passing of property in the way that, you know, it, it's gone on for generations with a step up in basis. Um, really, the response to that would by the government would probably be, well, we've given you this privilege, which we've bestowed upon you, but we can take it away at any time. I don't, I, I don't agree. Right. I, I, don't, I mean, I, that's I, arguable. I, I, don't, I don't believe that necessarily the right to make a living, own property, amass wealth is not this inalienable right that allows me to pass that on to my kids yeah. and freely do that without the government coming in and taking a big whack out of it. Okay. That's where where my problem is with it and where I think there's a constitutional argument to be had. And I hope it is had. Yeah. I hope it is had. Um, and it would be interesting to see with the makeup of the court right now how that would shake down at the Supreme Court level. Right. And it's, it really is really, you know, very interesting. I mean, what we're talking about here is traditional American values and things that we recognize for a long time being something that you just don't touch. You don't touch the step up in basis because of what it represents, of what it does, of the benefit that it gives. And to, to Oh, we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. We're gonna go back to the drawing board and look at so so Brenton, you know, I've spent the first half of the show at least belly aching about law and policy. Let's say this thing does shake down as it's rumored to shake down. It is, you know, this this plague of the elimination of step up in basis is is bestowed upon us, okay? And we have to deal with it, all right? If that happens, what are lawyer tools that we have as estate planning and elder law attorneys to deal with that problem? Yeah, you know, I it depends on whether or not they try to retroactively apply the step up in basis elimination. Um, if that's the case where they try to go back and say, okay, if this is something you've already set up, right? I, you know, we, we're still going to take and, and, um, you know, try to tax that as if there was no step up in basis. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think there would have to be some grace period because I think the people who would change the law also have an estate plan of their own where they would want to lock in that step up. In basis. I mean, these dummies are going to, it's like shooting yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's in the foot. Right. And, and I think they know it, that. It, and I think it, that... It's going to hurt everybody. Yeah, I think they know that and they're going to give themselves a great... That's why period. I said this is not... This is an apolitical thing. This yeah. is not political. No, not at all. Even though it's being launched by... Someone, one side, yeah. One side. Yeah. It, it, it is going to hurt both sides. Yeah. It's traditionally and, been and, and, and both by sides that. know that. Yeah. Both sides know that. I read a Wall Street Journal article this weekend, uh-huh. popped up on my phone on Saturday about this very issue. I was already fired up about it. it got me more fired up and showed me that what's being proposed on the elimination of step up in basis is what's being proposed is being opposed by both sides. Right. And supporters and detractors alike. Right. And that's what the article explored because it affects everybody. Yeah. Dummies. You know, that's right. It affects everybody. So uh, assuming that there would be some type of grace period put in 
one of the things that I would suggest doing is looking at an irrevocable trust to lock in the step up in basis for the next generation. Because if there's going to be any tool that's going to be able to exploit that grace period and lock that in, it's going to be that um, irrevocable trust. Because an irrevocable trust is, is just that, you know, for, for estate planning purposes, too. Um, you know, for, for the estate tax. So will so the, for, law, for will years, the law leave a loophole? For so years and years, that. we've do, been doing that with the estate tax. And we're doing that right now with the estate tax to, to take advantage of that um, high, high exclusion that was enacted in 2018. That's going to go away in 2025 or maybe even before that um, if they change something. Um, so, you know, really... The irrevocable trust would be the tool if any tool was out there to do it. But really, if if they don't have that loophole built in, if there's not that grace period, we will have to go back to the drawing board to figure out how we're going to get around things like this. And, you know, trust me, you know, there's going to be ways to get around it because the rich always get richer and they don't want to be subjected to the tax. And just like you've been saying, we, we do not get taxed the same way that they do. Um, and so with, with some creativity and some understanding of the tax code, I think that there are some ways to get around this for our clients. We're uniquely positioned to do that as a firm at McIntyre Elder Law. I've been doing estate planning for way too long. And Brent Begley is a, a, a great mind that uh, also has an LLM in tax from the University of Florida. That's right. So that's why he says he's so familiar with the tax code. Those are things that we'll do. We'll go back to the proverbial drawing board or literally the whiteboard or drawing board as we use all the time. And we will lay out strategies under the new rules. Okay. Um, you know, in the meantime, I would advocate for everybody out there listening to call your senators, call your congressmen, Call people on a national level. Call your national house reps. Um, don't care what political party you are, and tell them this stinks. Yeah. This this let's go a different direction. The the elimination of step up in basis. I'd rather see them increase or decrease the estate and death tax than go with the elimination of step up in basis. I mean, we could deal with we could deal with both um, elimination of step up in basis. Is not the way I'd like to see it go. Um, for you know, for uh, the original purpose of the show, which was education, uh, I'll tell you, I read all the time. I read uh, newspapers. I read and do research in other places. I try to go to authorities in whatever subject matter that I'm researching, which is important. And it's hard to know who to trust out there today with the internet and everything that's out there. Um, I would just say this, in the arena of estate planning and elder law, we have been putting out educational content for a long time, for years and years and years. And I firmly believe to do that and do it the right way, you need to be consistent and constant with putting out that information about changing times, changing policies. And we've been through, don't worry, we've been, we've weathered storms, we've been through changes in policy before, we will get through changes in policy this time, regardless of what that change is. And we will bring you solutions to help you. Yeah, you know, and, and you mentioned being consistent. The other thing is 
having that information tailored to the average client, the average person who comes in and asks the same questions, right? Because a lot of people have the same questions. I get questions all the time at seminars that we give. We give a lot of seminars to help educate um, folks out there on, you know, estate planning, elder law, and the cost of long-term care, how to avoid sure. probate, things like that. And, you know, when we give these seminars, we get the same questions all the time. It's great because that allows me to see, you know, what the average American out there really wants to know. And so we get to tailor our information to those frequently asked questions and, and really tailor our answers based on how those questions evolve and how, you know, the client's understanding of what we do evolve. And so we have a bunch of information out there. So if you're trying to look for information on a trust, for example, we'll talk about trust, revocable, irrevocable, protection, taxation, all that sort of stuff. And we'll repeat ourselves, but in a little bit different way to to really drive the point home because we really care about giving clients that information where they understand it fundamentally. Yeah, the genius, I think, is to be able, in anything, is to be able to take complicated concepts and boil them down to simple explanations. Right. That's hard to do. So we do that in a number of ways. We've also found that graphically communicating, creating what we call maps to explain things like ladybird deeds, irrevocable, revocable trust, and our overall philosophy of estate planning are really great tools to help you and your family start getting your estate plan together, start getting your thoughts together, understand easily how it works um, and what you're up against. So to get our maps, we provide those in our magazine that we produce annually, the Elder Law Report. You can go on our website and read our digital magazine or call one of our offices. Call 704-749-9244 is one general number for us. We have three offices, one in Hendersonville, one in Charlotte, and one in Shelby, North Carolina, kind of in between the two. So we cover a lot of Western North Carolina. And that gives us a broad reach and range of clients. Um, our website, I'll tell you, is just a wealth of information for clients and for people just looking to research different aspects of aging and estate planning. Um, it's mcelderlaw.com. That's mcelderlaw.com. You can get my book, Saving the Farm. I would advocate that you, I would advise if I were your attorney, I would advise you, I'm not, because you haven't hired me. But if I were, I would advise you to sign up for our e-newsletter. And that you can do that on our website, mcelderlaw.com. It's called the Elder Law Report. You'll get great information just like this. And you'll get it weekly delivered to your inbox. So you'll keep up with different changes in the law regarding estate planning and elder law, regarding taxation, regarding legislation. That's what we mean by knowledge is power because we want to bring that power to your doorstep, to your inbox. And that's what we do. We put the power in your inbox. I like that. 
I like that. We bring the power to your inbox. And and it's because we're constantly concerned. If you can't tell, we're a bit passionate about what we do and we like to talk about it. We like to educate. It keeps us sharp. Yeah. Um, I've written books, Saving the Farm, A Practical Guide to the Legal Base of Aging in America. That's a great one to uh, get a good lay of the land for estate planning, elder law, aging in America. It's a great conversation starter for mom and dad. Britain has just finished, and we're in the editing process, on a handbook, which is the elder law handbook. And it's a workbook that you can work through. And the subtitle is The Ten Things That You Should Know. Is that right? Yeah, Ten Rules. For the Ten Rules. Yeah. The Ten Rules for Estate Planning and Elder Law. That's right. Okay. So so the Elder Law Handbook is coming out shortly. I can't wait to bring that to you. Um, that's Brenton's new book. And we have multiple people out there editing it right now. Um, we're just blessed to be able to do what we do every day, to get out of bed and be able to educate talk about, see clients, and really work actively to build our practice and help people. That's right. And that's what I feel like we're doing. Yeah. Through helping people, we're helping ourselves too. Yeah, and, and, and a big part of, of what we're talking about and something that you really can't put a price tag on, you really can't put a, um, you know, you can't measure it, but peace of mind is huge. Sure. Peace of mind is a big deal. Knowledge is power, but also knowledge is peace of mind, right? But you can't have peace of mind without putting that knowledge into action, right? So how can clients put knowledge into action? That the knowledge that we give them, how can they put that into action? You know, I always want to, to have informed clients. Nothing makes it better for me when I sit down with someone who's read the book, who's, who's educated themselves, right? Because right? they have an idea of what they want to do. So on our website, mcelderlaw.com, they can schedule their free consult. I'd advise you to do so, and we'll see you next week on the Elder Law Report. Life is busy, we all know. We put off planning till things get slow. Tomorrow's never promised today. Don't get too busy and let it all slip away. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Foundational planning or more complex. We can help when you're perplexed. If a loved one needs long-term care, we can help avoid some of the scare. Don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. State planning benefits and even probate. We take the planning piece off your plate. If you or your spouse were in the military, we can help with benefits for your family. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law.